You've got the mic. Anything you'd like to say? Just the process. What's going on, everyone? This is Processing from the UK with me, Ben, from UK 76ers and Sixers Bobby. Say hello, Bobby. Uh, hello, Bobby. Fantastic. Right. So we haven't recorded in a while. So we've, got, we've been away for about oof, almost a month, I believe. I think that was the last time we did it. So there's a, a, a lot to, to, to um, take in, a lot to digest. Um, last game was obviously the Portland one. So I was hoping we'd be recording on the back of a win. Unfortunately, it wasn't to be. And it was the first loss we've had this season with our starting five all healthy, all playing. Um, it was a bizarre game and we didn't lose it because of Damian Lillard or C- even CJ McCollum. We lost it because Carmelo Anthony decided that he wanted to roll back the years to the Denver Nugget days and completely destroy us in that fourth quarter. Um, what did you take from the game? Um, oh, it was fun. What a fun game. One of the one of the most exciting games of the season, I think. Um yeah, I mean, Melo. I mean, who does he think he is? Who does he think he is in that fourth quarter like that? Um, that was vintage, wasn't it? Like, you almost, like, enjoyed watching him doing it in it, some it, way. It was it was fun. I, I, I said, like... Um... I said on my on my Twitter, I, I said if this, if this if we had to pick a way to uh, yeah. l- to lose this winning streak with this start in five, it would it would have to be like that, I guess. Um, sometimes something... you've got to hold your hand up and just be like, what can you do? Yeah, there's something quite magical, isn't there, about when you watch a basketball player? You know, when he just threw it up and it was like effortless. You know, it just every shot was just ping straight in. It was just like. It was like heartbreaking, but at the same time, you're just sitting there thinking, oh, this guy, this guy can still do it when he feels like it. Mm. Um, just a yeah, shame it came against the Sixers. That's all. Yeah, it was, it was 17 points in that fourth. Um, Crazy. You know, you, you keep Damian Lillard to 11 points after his, you know, quite, uh, it was an explosive first quarter. We got 19. Yep. You keep him to 11 for the second, third and fourth. And you're thinking, if you, if I told you we kept Damian Lillard quiet, that quiet in those last three quarters, then you would think, oh, we got the win. But alas, it wasn't to be, and that is just basketball 101, isn't it? You just get done over by the simplest of things. Um, yeah. Gary Trent Jr. is, um, I was saying before we went on, he's one of my favourite players. Um, with just his, he just shoots the ball, it just always goes in by the looks. Of it. I think it was five or seven in that game. Mm. Um, I, I would absolutely love him on the sixes. It won't happen because I don't see how it could, but I would love it nonetheless. Um, but, you know, it's a shame as well because I thought that was, for me, that was probably one of the best games I've seen Ben Simmons play, and it it came in a loss. I know, I know, and it was a joy to watch him. Like you know, we talked about Lillard obviously being kept quiet. That was because of Ben. Um, it was it was it was his best performance of the season, in my opinion. It was complete, and it's a shame because you think <laughs> he had that game. Embiid had obviously another great point scoring game, and then you go and lose. But <laughs> You know, that's the Sixers through and through. And I, I, I kind of said on Twitter before that I'm not so stressed out about that defeat as much as it's it's a shame because the starters and having that ridiculous record was really enjoyable and you want it to keep going. The 22% from three is obviously, it's not going to get it done. Mm. And yeah. I think if we just have a normal kind of shooting night where we hit our averages, we win the game. So like you say, watching Ben Simmons was an absolute joy and it's a shame that that game then ended in a defeat because I don't think it highlighted just how good he was really. Yeah. It, yeah. It just, it just looked like the thing 
he couldn't have done any more. Uh, similarly with um, Embiid, um, I think, you know, we keep re- harking back to it. It was just mellow being, being mellow. But like yeah. when we when we did our, our season preview, um, which feels like an eternity ago now, mm-hmm. but it's only, what, two months ago. We looked at this stretch, this West Coast run, and I think we we agreed that inevitably there are going to be losses here. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, this starting five eventually had to lose to someone. And to lose to Portland in Portland in the manner that we did, yeah, you take it. And then, you know, we've got Phoenix this evening with the glorious 8 p.m. tip-off, which is an absolute yes. lovely sight to see, um, being that we have to, well, the last few days at least, I have to be staying up till um, unholy hours watching yeah. games. Then it means you can you can get a normal night's sleep, maybe. I can't yeah, wait. I can't <laughs> wait. And um, then we got, I want to say it's Utah afterwards. Uh, let me check the schedule. Um, where are we? Yeah, Utah at Utah. Oh, and they're they're, uh, they're unbelievably good. <laughs> yeah, so that's going mean, to be rough. That's going to be yeah. It's going to be a real tough stretch, but it's you're going to real test of character. And I think even with the way we played in the Kings game before the the Portland game, I saw enough from this side to think, you know, this will be okay. We're not going to completely you know go in on ourselves or co- collapse. Um, work needs to be done, and I, that, um, I think that will segue nicely onto how we're going to move <laughs> on to in terms of trades. But work needs to be done. But when you go to Sacramento, for example, who have De'Aaron Fox, who's one of the most informed players at the moment, similarly Tyrese Halliburton, one of the best rookies going into the season, and Buddy Heald, who just you know shoots lights out. You go there and win the way we did, and then with the defensive intensity in that fourth quarter, which is becoming um, a staple of our game all season, with you know the Thibel and Simmons and Embiid, of course. You, you can't complain too much, and I've not lost my head over that loss at all. No, and the games we're losing, okay, the last play of the game was frustrating, but it was just, it was a blown up play. It didn't go to plan. I'm not stressing the way I think a lot of fans were about that last play, but mm. like the difference between obviously last season, I know we, we talk about it a lot, but it's like we go into these away games that were just guaranteed elves last year, you yeah. know, even just away. It just had to say away. And it felt like almost like, Oh God, this, this is a loss. It doesn't feel that way this year. And the games that we are losing, it's, it, it it's not that frustration. If that makes sense. It's not that, yeah. you know, yeah. You know, you do, you want to win that game against Portland, but it wasn't a loss that made me, you know, wake up next day and think, oh, I hate this team. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like, it, there's definitely a difference in it. And as you say, like going to the Kings, um, we're not sitting here saying the Kings are world beaters. They've got good players, as you say. But last year, that's a loss. There's no oh, question yeah. about it. Every, I think I'd love to see what a record was away, and especially at West. Obviously, out West, is, <laughs> we know what our away record was in general. So mm. that's yeah. the difference. Yeah, I think... Um... I think you just hit the nail on the head, really, is that this is a close game. And we talk about that final play, and I think people like to erupt and say, oh, it's just so sixes, you know, we're, we're so bad at drawing up plays in the at the last, um, at the buzzer and all that. And then I think, well, do you not remember, like, what, a week or two ago when Doc drew up that wonderful play for Tobias Harris to beat the Lakers, to you know, the, the screen game. at the top of the key, so he got Caruso, the s- smaller guy, and he was able to shoot over him as a result. Yeah, you win some, you lose some. That's just the nature of the NBA, and that's the nature of late play calls as well. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. I know some people are saying, "Oh, mellow trip to Tobias," but I just think it would just, it just wasn't the best the best play going. But it's like you said, um, we're not we can't lose our heads, um, but we do appreciate that that's, there can be um, there is an avenue for the Sixers to improve, and that moves me nicely onto the trade side of things. Um, look, this team is. Um, it's fantastic with what they've done so far. It's top of the East for a reason. 
Um, but no team in the history of NBA has been the finished article in February. Everyone still makes various changes via the buyout market or through just some monumental trades. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put you on the spot and say, how would you go about things in the future? It doesn't have to be anything grand. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, the the you know massive one like a Beal trade or a Levine trade as much as I'd love them on the team. I just don't think those are feasible anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, how would you go about it? It's tough now. Um, after the Harden situation, I kind of look at Ben and think there's no one really that I would see worth trading Ben for now, unless, you know, one of the monsters becomes available like a Harden again, which at the minute doesn't look likely. Um, So it's kind of, for me, I think the Ben Simmons trade thing needs to will fizzle down. And I think he will just stay a Sixers player. I think in terms of trades, as you say, like what we've done, what, what Maury done and, you know, we'll give Elton Brand a little shout out as well, (laughs) has done (laughs) in that short amount of time fixed so many issues with that team straight away you know so I as you say we're not the finished article Maury has already said we're not the finished article so if I'm looking at trades I'm looking at this team now I think it's going to be small pieces right unless there's some huge blockbuster like the Harden thing to happen again I don't see that happening now so I think we're all in on those two yeah I think I mean I know we discussed it um, shortly before we, we came on I think someone like Danny Green is probably the most tradable starter we yeah. have a money wise it really really helps with the money he's on and obviously being only expiring um, I, who for I, I don't know I mean we it, it was Belicia wasn't it has been um, spoken about this week is that in a buyer or is that just trades I haven't read into it too much yeah, um, but I've seen the name it's, oh, go on mate no, I've seen. I've just seen that name gather a little bit of steam um, from the Philly beat rise this week, but I wasn't. I didn't read into any scenarios of what that could be. Yeah, and I think you know. I think we want to quickly stipulate that we we both like Danny Green. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's been a really nice piece for this team. Um, I know people like to get on his back, and he has become the scapegoat. Um, every team's got one, and unfortunately for us, it's going to be Danny Green. Um, not as if we lose games because of Danny Green, and admittedly he he helps us win more than he helps us lose. Mm-hmm. But you know that's just the nature of fandom in general. But um, the thing is, is that if we had him on a two-year, two million a year um, contract, that's fantastic, and he come he'd come off the bench, bring veteran experience, you know, bring a bit of shooting, a bit of defense, whatever else. The fact of the matter is, he's on one year, he's on an expiring, he's on 15 million, and that makes his contract so supremely tradable. Yep. Because we can get someone, I mean, the one that keeps bringing out to me, uh, I might even mention it on the last one, the last podcast we do, is Carl Lowry. I think oh, yes. Masai Ujiri might just be like, let's, we've got a new era of Raptors basketball coming through with Siakam, with Boucher. It's time to get out with the old, with Kyle Lowry, and bring in the new. <laughs> and the thing is, is that because he's such a great servant for the Raptors, because he's probably the best Raptor to ever, well... Kawhi's probably the best Raptor ever, but like in terms of just, you know, how much the fans love him and how much yeah. he's given to that franchise. It's the true Raptor, isn't it? Yeah. They're not just going to trade him off to, you know, OKC to be on a, a team that's tanking. They'll give him the move he wants. So when I think of what we know about Kyle Lowry, he's a Villanova guy. He's um, a Philly guy. He's always, you know, he's an Eagles fan. So that means I'm assuming that when he was younger, he was a Sixers fan. Um I think if I'm Kyle Lowry and my family's still in Philadelphia, you you want to be. I think he would want to be in Philly if he got contracts. Then maybe you have to throw in a couple of picks, maybe a young guy. Um, I'd get that done ASAP. I think that'd be a fantastic move for the Sixers. Yeah, it's listen. You, you know, I think a lot of teams 
have mentioned about Lowry and you're not going to get him for, for change. Like it is still going to cost a team, as you say, probably a few picks and, and, and so on. It all depends on what happens with the Raps. Like it become with every loss with the Raptors, it becomes more likely that perhaps they might do something. Yeah. Um, if they get themselves into the playoffs, you know, I think they've won a couple on the bounce now. I kind of wonder whether something could happen. But, I mean, if you're talking about someone that might not cost us Ben Simmons and Cole Lowry would be the most obvious choice to yeah. pursue because, my God, would he be such a perfect fit. And obviously, veteran experience out there as well. Mm. Um, it's, it's a difficult one. And like I said, as, as you said, sorry, when I say Danny Green is the most tradable, that doesn't mean I hate Danny Green and that I want him gone. I really like the guy. And I think he makes sense as a starter more than people realise. Yeah. Um, as you say, it's just that salary, that expiring that... I, you, you know, got to move it. It's too much value in it. Yeah, outside of the obvious Levines and Bills, which, you know, I, I just don't think the Sixers have got the reach to do. Carl no. Lowry is the, is the dream still in headlines for me in terms of joining the team I would love to see us try and make that happen um but if it isn't that then I would imagine it's just going to be some small pieces and if that and when I say Danny Green going if if you can get rid of Danny Green and get someone in who's consistently better then the six and spaces the floor the way Danny Green does and can defend like we're in an even better position exactly yeah there'll be some shrewd moves for sure and um yeah if we don't get the a Lowry trade or Perhaps there's no real way to move Green's contract for something that's better. It will come to the buyout market as it so often does. And we look at what we did last year with uh, Glenn Robinson III and Alec Burks, um, which feels, yeah. again, like an eternity ago. I mean, <laughs> you almost forget <laughs> that they played for us. But, um, you know, Glenn Robinson, it took him a while to find his feet, but he ended up being a pretty decent piece for us. Alec Burks was one of the only few shining lights we had in the playoffs, yeah. in the bubble um, in general, really, because, you know, he was a good um, off-the-bench scorer. So there's players to be picked up, and... The one that, again, um, if people are just looking at my Twitter, um, the one that I keep talking about is Wayne Ellington, who, if people remember when we played the Detroit uh, Pistons, he absolutely torched us. Mm-hmm. Simple as it, he's just a three-point shooter, bring a bit of veteran experience. Yeah, he was he was um, linked with us when when he was, because he got bought out last year, didn't he? Yeah, I um, believe And so. then he joined, yeah, that was that was a weird choice. where, where he, he went to Detroit from there, didn't he? Or was yeah. it somewhere, or was it the Knicks? Yeah, it, it, it was. He, he's journeyed around. I mean, yeah. last time I remember, he was in Miami, and then since then he's been on like half different, like half of the NBA teams. He just he's been hopping yeah. all over the place. But you know, a player of that of that mold that's just shooting, not too yeah. bad on defense, veteran experience. It really, you know, it's not some sort of secret. You know what we need. It's very obvious what we need. But the thing is, is that defense and shooting and veteran experience is what every team needs because you can't have too much of it. So it's all about making sure that we're an attractive proposition when that comes around, which means, you know, we've got to stay um, competitive. We've got to stay towards the top of the East, which I'm sure we will. But um, as long as we don't fully collapse, then we'll be attracting some very good players. And hopefully that just gives Embiid and Simmons the help they need because I think with Embiid especially, we're looking at something which I'm not sure you expected him to be this good. I'm sure as hell I didn't. I know um, if you had told me that he, you know, is playing as an MVP level, um, should be the favourite for MVP, but that will likely go to LeBron James because politics um, exists in the NBA. (laughs) But that's a whole different side story. But because because of how good he's been, we really need to take advantage of this. When we looked at, I think when we're talking about the trades of futures, we're looking at a sort of two or three years down the line. But now with how good Embiid is now, we're looking at, well, we need to get stuff sorted now because we can win with him now. What do you f- think of the the JJ Redick 
situation. Yeah, I'll take him. I'll take him back. Yeah. Um, I was a fan of JJ. Look, we know what he can and can't do. It's, um, he can shoot and he can't defend. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Yeah. But, um, Embiid you know, loves him now. Yeah, Embiid likes him. I think JJ has said, and even in his podcast, that um, the best basketball he played was with Embiid because Embiid has that gravity, you know, the dribble handoff, the infamous JJ. Yeah. Um, Embiid dribble handoff just seemed to work all the time. Um, and uh, because I think he lives in Brooklyn, doesn't he, Reddick? And Yes. You know, it, it was Lucky bizarre face. when he, yeah, when he went to the free agency and said, oh, I don't want to move too far from home and go to New Orleans, but maybe he just got his geography wrong. I don't know. <laughs> um, but um, I think, you know, he's looking at the Nets. He's looking at the Sixers again, maybe the Celtics and maybe the Knicks. I'm not sure what he's expecting to get from the Knicks in terms of a deep no. playoff run, but that will be, be a solid acquisition. It's just players of that mold. Um but we were talking about uh, before before we went on our frustrations with uh, Dwight Howard, and that leads me to a question: Is like, do you think we perhaps need an upgrade in the backup five? Um, <clears throat> I don't think I'm quite on the <laughs> as angry as you are, <laughs> but he's one of the most frustrating players I've ever had to watch. In the sense that. He does something and you're like, oh, my God, we've got Dwight Howard. Look at this guy go. We finally got someone who can get some rebounds. and You know, so aggressive. And then you get the flip side of Dwight Howard where you think, get this man off this court. Technical fouls. Can't four catch fouls a ball. in 30 seconds. I hate <laughs> him. He's like a minus 700 on the court. It's, like, it, it, it's bizarre because as a player of his experience and the career he's had, I didn't think he was going to piss me off as much as he does. Yeah. Um, I'm not against us going out and doing something. I, I'm really not. I, I'm happy with Dwight, but I do think come playoff time, he's got to cut that shit a little bit. Oh, yeah, um, no, absolutely. You it's, know, I, um, you can he, forgive he it in regular season. Yeah, you can forgive some regular season annoyance, but you, you he could throw away games for us come yeah. playoff time if he's going to be, you know, when Embiid's not on the court, he needs to just be Dwight. He just needs to be physical get those rebounds, you know, score some points as well and some blocks and doing what Dwight does best. You can't have the Dwight that is fouling three times in three plays. It's just, it's a liability in the end, isn't it? Yeah. And I also don't understand, I don't know whether this has come from Dwight, whether Doc is trying something, but a few games ago, like Dwight was had the ball in his hands way too much. I'm like, what are yeah, we doing? God, it's, it's so bad. It's like we're treating him, we're giving him the same plays that Joel has. And it's just yeah. like, no, the, the, we can't do this here. Uh, he's essentially, you know, my grievances with Dwight. And, you know, I think even again on the last podcast, I was singing his praises. Um, and I do think he, he brings value to this team in terms of that energy and, yep. you know, the rebounding. And Great I think guy. he's a really good guy to just have in the locker room from what I can see. Look, we don't know what happens behind closed doors, but he just seems like a really good glue guy in that squad. Um, but I don't think him working with Simmons works that well because um, that's two guys immediately oh, on the floor that can't shoot. Um, and then when you throw Matisse into there as well, that's three guys that basically can't shoot. Admittedly, defensively, wow, they can really turn on those three. Um, but the thing is, is that I'm looking at maybe if we can get, an, and again, I mentioned it before, an Ersan Ilyasova, who is without a team at the moment, who we know what he, what he can do. It's, he plays a simple game. He shoots, he defends, and he takes charges. That's basically Ersan Ilyasova in a nutshell. Yeah. Similarly, we're looking at potentially trading for Nemanja Bielitsa. Now, I don't think Bielitsa is he, he is a power forward, but you could maybe steal a few minutes of him at the five um, as well. But yeah, yeah, Dwight has been frustrating. Um, you see, I, I remember vividly in the Portland game when I was taking notes for the for my video. Um, I had Dwight had some. Actually, here it is. Here's what I've got. Where is it? <laughs> Howard, good late minutes, and then 
So we had, uh, you know, three offensive rebounds. And then immediately afterwards, I wrote, never mind, because then he gives away a stupid foul. <laughs> so um, that was just the name. It's just Dwight Howard summarized quite nicely for you, us. Yeah, um, you could you could scribble out Portland <laughs> and just put whatever team he plays and just leave that. <laughs> yeah. You're done. Like, no, I mean, it's um, this was the good thing about that contract, though, is that he's on a minimum so it was always kind of like, if it doesn't work out, he's not costing us anything. You know, it's not like that Al Horford situation where it was like, you know, he, it's not working out in terms of him. And now he's absolutely capped us to our eyeballs in terms yeah. of contracts. So uh, if something's there, I think if we can limit, I still think Dwight has got a role to play. I just think it's too large of a role at the minute. Mm. And listen, it's, it's the only thing that matters is playoffs. And, if, like you say, if we can just find a piece that means that we don't need to be playing Dwight for those amount of minutes where he can be so catastrophic if he's not, if he's in one of those moods where he just doesn't play basketball and just wants to be a dick, basically. Yeah. Um, that would be great if we can get something done that we don't have to rely on Dwight being on the floor at all times when Joel's not there, basically. Yeah. Uh, I know yeah, we've I experiments think... with Ben, haven't we? We've done a few. Yeah, uh, I'm still not entirely convinced by Ben at the five, but that, I think that's probably a, a long-term thing um, rather than something that we can just switch on in a matter of seconds. No, um, but you talked about playoffs there. And again, in a previous podcast, we talked about um, what do we expect from the season. And personally, I, I had a quite a conservative um, expectation because I didn't want to have the same thing uh, what happened the season before where I thought, yeah, we'd go really deep and we'll be really good, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I said, you know, we're looking at potentially if we can get to the conference final, that'd be fantastic. And if, you know, depending on the who we play, play in the second round or the manner of the loss, then I could take it. Mm-hmm. But with what we've seen from Embiid, with how Ben Simmons is picking things up, with how brilliant um, the acquisitions of Seth Curry and Danny Green have been, with it, with you know us expecting some sort of um, trade that will benefit us in down the, somewhere down the line or a buyout pickup, with how Tobias Harris has been. Have your expectations changed somewhat? And you've got to also take into account what we're seeing from Brooklyn, um, what we're seeing from the Bucks, um, and what we're seeing from teams in the East in general. Have your expectations changed a bit? They have in that we're we're better than I thought we were going to be. Um, the ex, you know before the season we talked talked about well is the space going to work? Is is Embiid going to have the right attitude this year? And all those answers have been yes. Hence why we're top of the East. Hmm. So my expectations are changed. I don't still don't know whether we're that level yet. Yeah. But the thing that kind of gets me is it's kind of a kind of double-edged sword at the minute in that we're better than we thought we were going to be. And I actually think the East is worse than I thought it was going to be. Now, yeah. that's not to say that most of the teams that are in the playoffs now are the teams that most people thought would be there, bar probably Miami and Toronto, but they're going to get there. Um, but it just doesn't... now. This isn't a dig on any of these teams, and this is not like a well, we're top. Look at the rest of the East; they're yeah. all struggling. But it's a dangerous game to play if you're going to go not, out there. <laughs> I'm not going to do that because we could be a first round sweep away from me never talking about the Sixers again. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it's it's definitely don't get me wrong. There's this is a weird season. This is such a weird season. Teams are having to play with stupid amounts of players. I mean, we did it. Miami have done it. Boston have had issues all season, but it's not consistent. Teams are not consistent. We're top because we've actually just kept winning for quite nice long stretches. It's not as consistent as I thought. Now that can completely change. You know, you look at Miami at the minute; they look, they don't look good. They don't look good at all. But come playoffs, that can completely change. Yeah, and they go team exactly. Uh, I, I even said in my predictions when we did our predictions is that they may finish an underwhelming fifth or sixth seed. 
But if they're in the conference finals, I'm not surprised at all because that's no. what they that's when Jimmy comes to play. Yeah, and, and it's like they've been inconsistent. Obviously Toronto have been inconsistent. Um Boston have had, you know, another bad loss for them last night. The Bucks I think lost again as well last night. Yeah, they did, either yeah. way, there's a lot of inconsistencies. So right now I'm sitting there saying, Well, hey, you know, that has raised my expectations, but I don't want to get to the point of like fever pitch because we could win we could finish top of the East by 10 wins compared to second place. If things carry on the way they're going, that mm. still doesn't give me like this cocky attitude going into the playoffs, because I think there's a lot of teams coasting right now. I don't know about you. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. Um, I think, you know, you're right to talk about the inconsistencies of things with COVID with people always seemingly injured or have to take nights off because of health and safety protocols. I think it's safe to say that we haven't seen the proper, I don't think we've seen the proper Brooklyn Nets just yet. I don't think we've probably seen the proper Boston Celtics. Um, I, I do think, however, that I've seen enough from the Sixers to think that we are better than what I thought. And I'm sure, again, you'll agree. Um, so that means that when, if we had a seven-game series against the Bucks, do I fancy us a bit more? Yeah, it would still be very tight. And I don't want to make any outlandish statements right now, but I think it'll be very tight. Similarly, against the Celtics, um, I think my perception has also changed with, with regards to the Raptors because I think that I, I wouldn't be too worried about them in a seven-game series, I say. Um, you know, knock on wood and all that. Um, <laughs> similarly with the Pacers, I don't, think seven, yeah, I don't think in a seven-game <laughs> series the Pacers are too much to worry about. So it's, it's down to those guys, the Bucks, the Nets, the Celtics. And even the Celtics, they really struggle with depth. But the thing is, it's like we were just talking about how we can make moves. Everyone else can make moves. It's not just yeah. the Sixers that can make shrewd acquisitions that can get in players that change their roster around completely. Everyone can do it. So we're going to have to see how it is at the end. But Yeah, it, it, listen, it, to me, it's boiling down to that that number, tw- number 21. And he is just so good. And I, I heard, um, I think it was the Portland game. Who did we play before Portland? Oh, Kings. Uh, Kings. It was one of those two games where I was watching where Embiid got double teamed and he very, very quickly got it out to, uh, I think it was actually oh, it was Harris. Oh, oh, was Harris. it Harris? Yeah, Harris and in the corner. The, yeah. the commentator say straight away. And I really like that because, you know, I had, I, I don't know why I was on the, the other team's thing, but it's, he said straight away, he went, well, there's the problem with the Sixers this year is you cannot leave that a man open. Suddenly, mm-hmm. We've got shooters. Do you know what I mean? Whereas last year, and I'm sorry to keep bringing it up, but it was like you could afford to double. Sometimes you could even afford to triple team yeah. in B because it either went to Tobias Harris, who was in awful form. Ben Simmons, obviously not a threat from free anyway. Um, Josh Richardson was shooting badly from free. And Al Horford is yeah, Al Horford. Al Horford. <laughs> um, so you could say, well, if it lands in one of those hands for an open free, we'll take the risk. Now, you can't do that against the Sixers. You can't. Tobias is in great form. Obviously, Seth is is one of the best shooters in the league. Yeah. Out and out shooter. You you can't. Okay, I know Ben's Ben, but I'm just saying it's just you double, and that is exactly what the uh, the commentator said. He went, "There's the problem with the Sixers is that you double team Embiid. He's now quicker at getting that pass out. There's a wide open man, and that you feel good about going in every yeah. Almost every time. Yeah, he's going to miss some, obviously. Don't get me wrong, but. And that makes you so dangerous because now teams have got a split second to decide whether they're going to double Embiid or whether to just let Embiid go at, at his man. And that's not ending well for any team at the minute. So that's what excites me. It all goes down to the big man. In mm. And it is such a matchup nightmare for everyone. You see, obviously, we're now in a guard driven league where, you know, your prototypical players like uh, 
those ones those are the sort of mold you want that sort of yeah. you know be a bit of a you know quite a strong character strong guy but you know compatible can facilitate can defend etc etc so and beats a bit of a blast and swing on how he plays his game um and, but the thing is no one can match that no. um you look at brooklyn deandre jordan is nowhere near the deandre jordan um of all similarly their backup five is now norvell pell and i got a lot of time for norvell pell but like <laughs> come on um then you look at then you look at the Bucks, and I think they're, they're probably the best suited in the East to um, defend Embiid. But, you know, there's Giannis won't be on him, so it will likely be Brook Lopez, but they've at least got a lot of height that they can throw at him. And you look um, at the Celtics, look, Embiid just destroys the Celtics. Daniel Tyson Thompson just aren't it. Um, and similarly, the Raptors, they've lost um, Gasol, they've lost Ibaka, and they've got Boucher, who has been solid. Baines has been woeful, but Boucher's light. He's very, very light. He's very skinny. And there's just a matchup to be had there. But on the flip side as well, we talk about, you know, the matchups. Um, I look at Ben Simmons and I think it's such a luxury that we always take for granted. Um, and I, again, I might have alluded to this on our last pod. But when I look, us, look at us against any team, it happened yesterday against Portland, uh, the, the, the day before, sorry, when I'm like, well, they've got Damian Lillard, but at least we can throw Ben Simmons on him. And similarly, when you go to the Nets, well, they've got, they've got Durant, they've got Harden, but at least we can throw Ben Simmons on one of them. And that's such a nice luxury to have because we've seen all season, we've seen indeed last season, when people are guarded by Ben Simmons, they play worse. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it. Like, I know he came out and said, he said, I think I could be the best defender in the league. And he gets stick for it. And I'm like, you, you, no one's watching him. You know, actually just sit and watch. You know, stop being casual. I'm not saying he is the best defender in the league. And I understand that he's flexing his muscles. And I'm sure it's something to do with the fact that, you know, I, don't, I think we're going to talk about it, that. It doesn't seem like he's going to get an all-star appearance, mm. but it is a luxury. And it was the one thing about trading Ben with the Harden situation, wasn't it? It was that it was going to be such a gap defensively and games like Portland. Okay. We lost, but games like Portland, you see that come playoff time, how massive that is going to be. Like, yeah. you know, I know I was pro Harden and I'm, I, I'm not going to change that mind, but you, I saw that and I just thought, you know how massive that is, especially in playoff games when their best defend their best player Ben goes on them and they don't play as well you that's not you know it's not an odd thing is it that's not a an inconsistent thing you can find almost any stat and find that when guarded by Ben they don't sh- they don't shoot as well or they don't yeah. play as well that's not coincidence that's not mm. you know um it is like going back to it it is it has risen my expectations because we're seeing Joel play at ridiculous, and uh, you know, don't get me wrong, we've still got we've got to see this all season, we've got to see this in the postseason. That's the most um, important thing. But A is in shape. But B, what I liked the other night when we played against the Lakers is that he came up against his arch nemesis. We all know that Gasol kind of, yep. <laughs> he definitely lives in Embiid's head. We can't deny. It. I can see it in Embiid's face. He doesn't like playing against him. And actually, Gasol did a good job on him again. But what I liked was Embiid never backed down, not for one mm. minute. Whereas the last couple of times he's played him, he is I've never seen Embiid shrivel the way he had against Gasol. Yeah. So that's what I'm enjoying about Embiid is suddenly it's like it was kind of that question that oh he always turn up against you know the the kind of drug the drudge of yeah NBA centers. Now I'm watching Embiid and he doesn't care who he's coming up against anyone or anyone. He did he's against AD. A good teammate. He's being like he's he's high fiving. You know I mean all those things that we lost last year where he was just not with it. Yeah, we're seeing. So that was a long-winded answer. Yes, my expectations have risen, but then 
I don't I, I don't know whether I put us as I still don't put us in that absolute elite teams yet. Yeah. But we could be. We absolutely yeah. could be. I, I think yeah. It, I think that's fair. Expertise is origin, but we're just going to keep it in check just a bit because I think we've alluded to it before. There's a move to be had where we can really get over into that upper echelon of teams, but until that time, we're just going to play it a bit safe, not make too many outlandish statements, which I think is completely uh, fair to say. And I just want to quickly add one thing regarding Ben Simmons, then we're going to move on yeah, to yeah. the all-star side of things um, because that's always intriguing. Um, with the Ben Simmons defense thing, is this like, when I look at, when you compare him to other defenders and indeed other players, players that he'd be guarding, he's got three things. He's got pace, he's got height and he's got strength. And yeah. I can't think of anyone who can match that. If So what I mean by that is when you look, when we played uh, Lillard, for example, yeah. um, Embiid, not Embiid, Simmons is taller than him. Simmons is quicker than him. Um, so that's just two things already where Lillard's going to suffer. Um, and it's, and I can't think of too many players that he'd have to guard against that are taller than him, that are uh, quicker than him, and are stronger than him, all in the same breath. Yep. I mean, Giannis is the only one that really comes to mind. And when so 99.9% of players that he's going to be guarding, he's going to be taller than, taller than, stronger than, and quicker than. And that's just that's just the beauty of Ben Simmons, isn't it? It's just like he's it's a freak of nature in how he's built, yeah. and that bodes so fantastically well he- for us. But he was a menace, wasn't he, against mm. Portland? He was a menace. Like there were times where it looked like he was out of the play, and yet he just does things. And you're just like, how can anyone watch this and not put him as one of the best defenders in the league? I'll never understand. Like he's doing things that you, it, it's just ridiculous. Because I, th- I believe, you know, I wasn't like clued up on Ben when he came into the league, so don't follow drafts and stuff like that. But he wasn't known for any kind of defence, if, yeah. if I remember correctly. How can it, you know? We love to knock him for his flaws. I do it. We all do it. But he doesn't get enough praise for how far he has come as a defender. Like, yeah, not even absolutely. close. No, yeah. yeah. People love to whack out the old the casual claim that, oh, he hasn't improved at all. Um, well, that's, that's a complete, complete and blatant yeah. lie. Um, offensively. Defensive end. Yeah, offensively, no one's arguing it. But defensively, he deserves so much more praise. And, you know, I need to leap it on him. And I know because I've, I'm as critical as anyone, but watching him in these last few games, I'm just like, when this guy is switched on defensively, he makes it a nightmare for players. He really does. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've been really enjoying what I've seen. And I think come the playoffs, he'll be such an invaluable tool to have. We saw what happened when we didn't have him in the Celtics series. And I think we still would have lost that series. Don't get me wrong, but it, yeah. it just adds that bit, a bit of something extra that we can, you know, means that Jason Tatum can't go off of the way he does or Jalen Brown can't do that or the way he does. So that, that was really well for us. So I'll move swiftly on to the all-star thing. And I do yeah. quickly want to, before we talk about the all-stars, I want to just, um, just quickly have a little rant that I have about the all-star selection in general. Um, I love the fact that fans can vote. I like the interactivity side of things. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. But I don't like how some days it's double score or you can vote X amount of times. I think every person should have one vote. So that means you can't keep voting for Alex Caruso. You can't keep <laughs> voting for Derek Rose because you liked him back in 2011. Andrew you can't Wiggins. Keep voting. Yeah, you can't. You, Andrew Wiggins. Oh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> it, it, it allows fan bases like the Lakers who don't get me wrong. We know a lot of good Laker fans in the UK and I'm sure not all of them are, are morons. But the thing is. Given the nature of the fact that they're such a huge fan base, that means there's more of a catchment for morons to enter the fray. They have an awful lot of morons who think they're really funny. Oh, let's vote for Alex Caruso. Brilliant. Okay, well, that means some guy who's actually worked really hard this season and does deserve an all-star selection or does deserve at least consideration isn't getting that because some weirdo thinks it's funny to vote Alex Caruso. (laughs) 
I, I hate that side of things. I think, like I said, it's great that fans can interact with this. I think you should, you should have one vote per person because if you want to be a moron for Alex Caruso, that's fine. But that also means, you know, that's all you're getting. Um, so that really frustrates me, that side of things. Um, you have made it also, clear, though, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Say what you feel. It's like it's obviously narrative driven, and that's just the nature of all star selections. It's the nature of um, end of season awards. Um, we're seeing how the you know, how the narrative is influencing the, the LeBron James for MVP side of things. But I really don't like the all star selection in that sense, in the way they do it, because I think it's hugely faulty. Um, that being said, when we talk about all stars from a Sixers perspective, Embiid's just a lock in. We know that that that's that's nothing to worry about. Um, ben Simmons has just peaked a bit too late so far um and tobias harris i think he's just unlucky because there are too many good people in um in the um east that means he can't quite just get in there i will quickly read out what i've got for all star wise in my starting five in the east and we'll move out west um immediately afterwards i'm just going to find my selection here we are so i've got in the backcourt i've got jalen brown and then i've got um i went uh yeah i went kyrie irving and then I've got Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, and Giannis. Um, ironically, actually, I mean, I talk about being a hypocrite in another separate vote. I did have Simmons and Harris, but, um, you yeah, know. You got to. You got to. But if I'm being dead serious, those are my selections in the East. Kyrie, Jalen Brown, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, give me your selections from the East, then. So from the East, I have got, I think this was similar to yours, if not the same as yours. I've got Bill. I've got Brown. I've got Yanis, Joel, and Kevin Durant. I think you yeah. had Kyrie, didn't you? Yeah, Did I you? had Kyrie, and that's solely just because um, I just think because Beal's on such an awful team, I I, I have him mm-hmm. on my all-star selections in general, because, of course, you do. He's averaging 30-odd points, but I just have him on the bench. Um, that's yeah, just something a bit for me that I think you kind of just have to be a bit better in terms of the team if you want to be a starter on it. That, that's that's fair, and it was it, that was something I thought of. The only thing I just thought with Bradley Bill is that he was leading. The, when I made this selection, I was like, he's leading the league in points. So I was like, I feel a little bit harsh leaving him off. I don't know if he's still leading the league in points. I made this couple. I of think days I think before, you're but, I think you're probably right. Um, yeah. And like I said, I, I think that's just a little thing that I have. I, I it's no, my own little personal threshold that I think you just got to be a to be a starter at least, just to have to have a, have a bit fair. better. Yeah. Um, so that moves. I think the East sort of picks itself. At least that front court does. You know, Embiid, Giannis, Durant. That's just like universally agreed upon. Yeah. Um, the West then. So if in the West, I have Curry, uh, Doncic, uh, George, Jokic, and James. Um, again, I think that front court should pick itself. But I've seen some different ones. So let's fire away with what you got. So, so who, who did you have in your front court again? There. That I had was... uh, James, yep. George, and Jokic. Okay, so I've gone with James Leonard and Jokic. Uh, so yeah, it's always one of those. It's one of yeah. uh, PG or Kawhi. That's yeah, that and arguably, arguably George is probably having a bit of a better season at the minute. So you you might be right there. I just think that's Kawhi Leonard. I do. Yeah. yeah. It's hard not to pick Kawhi Leonard, isn't it? So mm. um, and then I've got Lillard and Curry. So yeah, I think that's fair. I think the backcourt is in the West, especially, is very difficult. I think Curry is the one that everyone. We'll agree upon because everyone loves Steph Curry. I don't know. I think everyone he's everyone's favorite player that doesn't play for their team. I swear, he, yeah. he's just such a likable guy. Watching him yeah. play is fantastic. It's just you know, it's Hollywood basketball almost. It's just what you want from a modern NBA game. Um, and then you got on that other guard position, you've got one of one of Doncic, one of Lillard, and one of uh, Donovan Mitchell as well. 
So you've really got a real choice on your hands for that extra guard spot. Um, yeah, Pike just went Doncic, but Lillard, I mean, you, you can't go wrong with any of them. No, exactly. It's it's dangerous, isn't it? Um, I just can't vote for Mitchell. I just think since the whole Ben Simmons oh. thing, I'm like, oh, I don't want to vote for you. Sorry. <laughs> Even though you are you are having a very, very good season on a very good team. Just because you wore that hoodie about about rookie? No, sorry. You're not, you're not getting my vote. That's how petty I am. <laughs> that's that's fine by me. I'm I'm here for the pettiness. Um, and then when you move on to the bench side of things, um, it might be put you on the spot a bit here because obviously no one does their bench. So I'm I, actually I haven't even got mine. So I'm gonna have to think off the top of my head as well. But I look at so for the bench there's two guards, uh, three front court, and then you have two wild cards almost or just any position, any player you want. But that's for both the east and the west. So I'll make I'll make the jump first um, on the east two guards um because i didn't have bradley bill on my starting one that's bradley bill getting one of them and zach levine who's been fantastic and it's a, it's annoying because there was a time where i thought a zach levine trade was realistic where we didn't have to give up the world but because he's having a career season that's not happening anymore oh. but he's been fantastic on the bulls what are you doing zach you need yeah. to you need to play worse to get yourself on the sixes tank to, tank to join the sixes that's the that's the that's the route you need to go for they want fireball for him we always know that <laughs> But then front court, when I think of the front court in the East, I mean, it's very top heavy, I feel. But um, you've got Jason Tatum. Um, I think yeah, he's been injured, but that that's fair. I, I think I'd go Tatum. I'm not the biggest fan. There's an argument to be had for Butler. Um, and I think the thing is, is that he plays like an all-star when it comes to the playoffs. But in the regular season, he has been injured and he has been playing in, in various um, snippets of the of the season. But I'm not sure if I'd have him. You know, I look at the other options and I thought, I'll just take Butler because he just deserves to be at the All-Star game, so ignore me. And then... <laughs> He's almost the last, there on last season alone yeah, anyway, isn't he? The it? last one, I, I want to give it to this guy solely because I think New York will influence the vote so much that you have to have him. And I just think it's cool that he's doing so well. Um, and that's Julius Randle. Um, I, I think he's had a fantastic season. There's also, you know... DeMontis Sabonis, um, who I think I'll have in my wildcard spot. DeMontis Sabonis in the wildcard with Chris Middleton. Um, so obviously no room for Tobias. Um, I, I, similarly with Ben Simmons, I'd love to have both of them in there. But the thing is, I also think from uh, my selections are made from how I personally think, how I think fans should vote it, but also how fans will vote. Because people like Ben Simmons, no one wants to see Ben Simmons at an all-star game, really. It's like how no one wants to see Rudy Gobert at an all-star game. Um, it's just people don't want to see defense um no, unfortunately let's, let's be real most of the league doesn't like ben simmons for some strange reason so that doesn't yeah. help people have a, people have a vendetta against him so like you said yeah. it, getting votes for him is is a very big ask so again i'll put you on the spot now so two guards for the bench three front court and then two wild cards to be, to be honest with you i'm not i'm not far off what you said i think i think you're right with saying someone like randall by the way and i think that's not just a kind of lol vote like he's playing really really well like i wouldn't be wouldn't be sad to see him get there um did you mention james harden yeah i've just noticed i didn't mention james harden and i <laughs> that feel might stupid. be the only so one he's gonna in. come in for sabonis now sabonis yeah. goes see you later yeah. demontis james harden comes in i oh god I, imagine co-hosting only... a podcast i'm forgetting james harden as an all-star selection I was sitting there thinking my mind is not great because I'm scanning the list as well. So I'm like, maybe he did say Harden, but I don't think he did. <laughs> to be honest with you, those names, I, it's hard to disagree with any of the names you said. And But I would just, yeah, I'd have to put Harden in there. Yeah. It's um, it's it's just impossible not to. Um, 
I feel like some other people deserve a shout. Did you mention Jeremy Grant? I think. Yeah, the thing is with Jeremy Grant is that I think he's he's been fantastic and he's doing it efficiently, but I just think his numbers are inflated because he's the number one option on a terrible, terrible he's team. The option, isn't he? He's like yeah. the option. So. So no, I think you know, right. when when he when he's when he's on a I don't know a, a title contender, which eventually I think he will be. He's only I, for me, he's only going to average I don't know between fifteen to eighteen points a game, which is still a solid effort. But I just yeah. think he's on the pitch. And the second best player is a washed Blake Griffin. So, you know, what can you do? No, exactly. No, exactly. And and the only other name is, I'm not sure if you mentioned, with Trey Young. But he's a great all-star kind of player because he's... Just yeah, he, he's player. a fun guy to have at, have at the all-star game. Um, I, I, I find him quite frustrating. Um, I yeah. think you'll, you'll have seen the foul baiting... Um, the foul baiting calls that people are saying, you know, when pe- basically he rounds the corner and stops and jumps into a defender and that's given a foul. He does a lot of that and yeah. I hate it. Um. Yeah, but you know he, he's a fun player with his range and all that. Uh, but I think Chris Middleton, uh, that was my other wild card selection. Yeah. I think he's supremely underrated. Whenever I watch him, he just goes to work. He's become a really good facilitator as well. Yeah. Um, so that yeah, just they're about... all they're all players that are they're good players. I just they're not going to get there, are they? It's yeah. just you know no, I, uh, that's it really. I would have just had James Harden in there and. Yeah, the, the, don't get me wrong. I agree. I think I still subconsciously have him in the West. That that's my excuse. That's my bailout. But um, nah, James Harden absolutely should be in there, and he will be in there. Um, I'm very certain of that. So then we move out west, and again oh, we have got the two guards, three front court, um, and then you have got the two wild cards. So the two guards, um, we were talking literally five seconds ago about how that that back court in the West is horrible to pick. Um, oh, so obviously geez. I had Doncic and Curry, so that would leave me with Lillard and Mitchell. Uh, front court wise, um, I'd have Kawhi because obviously I had Paul George um, as my starter, and then I'd have Anthony Davis, um, who you know, it's essentially your backup center that doesn't like to play center, but that's a whole <laughs> conversation. Yeah. And then I'd love to have uh, a Brandon Ingram, I'd love to have a Christian Wood, and I'd love to have a Zion Williamson, but I can only choose one. So I think I just go Brandon Ingram. Yeah, um, Christian Wood's been really cool this season. Probably most improved. No, he will get most improved player, I'm sure. Zion, I think, will get in on the wild. I'll put Zion on my wild card because he'll be fun to have at the All Star game. And then my last wild card, I think I'd go Devin Booker. Devin Booker seems like a decent pick. Um, I, I think having CP would be fun, but I just can't find a way to fit him in. Um, but yeah, take it away on your bench now, in the West again, like. It's very, very similar. Obviously, I had uh, Curry and Lillard start. So I'd obviously have uh, Doncic and uh, Donovan, unfortunately. Yep. Um, and for wildcard, I was exactly the same as you. I think Ingram deserves to be there. I think he absolutely deserves to be there. Really proved me wrong because I I didn't think that he was going to become the player he's becoming. I didn't think he was worth the money he was going to be put on, but he absolutely is yep. proving me wrong. Um and yeah, I think Devin Booker because a, he's a good All-Star player to have around. Um, you can you can mention C.J. McCollum, but he's been injured for quite a while now, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah is he injured? Or is it protocols? Yeah, it... I think I think it is injury. I think the commentators alluded to it when we played Portland the other day. I think it's injury, and it is a shame because he was having a really solid start to the year to the point where I think he was doing statistically at least better than uh, Dame. But um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he'll get there. Paul George obviously because we and you swapped um, George and. And Kawhi and uh, who was the other player that I had? To obviously, get Andrew Wiggins out of there if he goes to the game. I'm 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 not a fan of the All Star game as it is either. I just think it's just a nice tick to have next to your name if you if you're a star. 
Um, yeah, yeah, I, I can't really think of anyone else. Zion will Zion will be there whether he gets voted or not because the NBA will make sure he is oh, there yeah. one way or another for his entire career. Um, and plus he's he's a fun guy to watch, isn't he? As you said, so mm. yeah, I'm not I'm not too similar. I I think we. I kind of feel like they do write themselves a little bit all-star games. I think. Oh yeah. You know the rest. We can all kind of say we want our own stars there, and we all want our own players there. Of course we do. But I think what we've kind of said is it's always going to be that mix of ten players. It's just how you would start them, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. Yeah, they they pick themselves nine times out of ten, and then essentially you've got I don't know two or three spots which are up for contention. But um. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what's going to happen with the game, at least, but, you know, at least apply giving people the all-star nomina- nominations, regardless of whether or not they're actually going to play the game, is always fun, always nice, because obviously that's a big accolade. That's what they want, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so, it's something to look back on in your career. But um, And I hope, talking about Ben, I hope, because I don't think he's going to make this team, and I hope he takes it personally, because he seems yeah. to have. He seems to have, because I think he's talking in the media is aimed at the all-star game, in my opinion, so... Take it personally, Ben, and make sure you're there next year. Too right. Uh, yeah, I think we, we just want that bounce back from Ben, and I think we're kind of seeing it post yeah. uh, near near James Harden trade. Um, we're looking up, we're seeing it after the All Star snub. Yeah. But that seems like a pretty good place to leave off on. Um, we were meant to have a guest, obviously, on today, but due to technical difficulties, we couldn't quite get him on. He'll be on in the next one for sure. Yeah. Um, that yeah, that'll be fantastic. If you do want to come on, um, literally. Anyone can come on if you're a Sixer fan, if you're a Celtics fan, if you're a Laker fan, if you're whatever, if you want to talk basketball. Okay, maybe we'll have to rethink that one. (laughs) If you just want to talk basketball, that's fine. You don't have to be from the UK. You can be from anywhere you like. As long as you've got a computer in front of you, we can chat to you. Um, Obviously, I'm Ben from UK76ers. Um, That's at UK76ers on Twitter. Also, I do a YouTube thing, which is a post-game analysis of each game. Bobby, where can they find you? Uh, Find me on Twitter at SixersBobby underscore... Um, but yes, make sure you go and subscribe to Ben's YouTube channel because those are excellent videos. Thanks very much, buddy. And make sure you follow Bobby. And that'll do it. And we'll see you next time. See ya.